It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus real and without form others suppose them to have bodies it was by no means universally acknowledged that the gods took cognizance of human affairs. Some there were who exempted them from all care and solicitude, as we exonerate our old men from business and trouble, bringing them in like so many mute attendants on the stage. There are some, too, who go beyond all this, and deny that there are any gods at all, but assert that the world is left without any guide or master. I could not tell how to refuse my assent to these high-sounding and long-bearded gentlemen, and yet could find no argument amongst them all that had not been refuted by some or other of them. Often was I on the point of giving credit to one, when, as Homer says, to other thoughts my heart inclined. The only way, therefore, to put an end to all my doubts was, I thought, to make a bird of myself and fly up to heaven. This my own eager desires represented as probable, and the fable writer Aesop confirmed it, who carries up not only his eagles, but his beetles and camels thither. To make wings for myself was impossible but to fit those of a vulture and an eagle to my body might, I imagined, answer the same purpose. I resolved, therefore, to try the experiment, and cut off the right wing of one and the left of the other, bound them on with thongs, and at the extremities made loops for my hands, then, raising myself by degrees, just skimmed above the ground like the geese, when, finding my project succeed, I made a bold push, got upon the Acropolis, and from thence slid down to the theatre. Having got so far without danger or difficulty, I began to meditate greater things, and setting off from Parnethes, or Hymettus, flew to Gerania, and from thence to the top of the tower at Corinth, from thence over Pholoe and Dermanthus, quite to Tigetus and now, resolving to strike a bold stroke, as I was already becoming a high flyer, and perfect in my art, I no longer confined myself to chicken flights, but getting upon Olympus, and taking a little light provision with me, I made the best of my way directly towards heaven. The extreme height which I soared to brought on a giddiness at first, but this soon went off, and when I got as far as the moon, having left a number of clouds behind me, 
I found a weariness particularly in my vulture wing. I halted, therefore, to rest myself a little, and looking down from thence upon the earth, like Homer's Jupiter, beheld the places where the brave Mycians prove their martial force, and hardy Thracians tame the savage horse, then India, Persia, and all conquering Greece, which gave me wonderful pleasure and satisfaction. Let me have an exact account of all your travels. I beseech you, omit not the least particular, but give me your observations upon everything. I expect to hear a great deal about the form and figure of the earth, and how it all appeared to you from such an eminence. And so you shall. Ascend, therefore, in imagination with me to the moon, and consider the situation and appearance of the earth from thence. Suppose it to seem, as it did to me, much less than the moon, insomuch that when I first looked down I could not find the high mountains and the great sea, and if it had not been for the Rhodian Colossus and the Tower of Pharos, should not have known where the earth stood. At length, however, by the reflection of the sunbeams, the ocean appeared and showed me the land, when, keeping my eyes fixed upon it, I beheld clearly and distinctly everything that was doing upon earth, not only whole nations and cities, but all the inhabitants of them, whether waging war, cultivating their fields, trying causes, or anything else, their women, animals, everything, in short, was before me. Most improbable, all this, and contradictory. You told me but just before that earth was so little by its great distance that you could scarce find it, and if it had not been for the Colossus it would not have appeared at all. And now on a sudden, like another Lincius, you can spy out men, trees, animals, nay, I suppose even a flea's nest if you chose it. I thank you for putting me in mind of what I had forgot to mention. When I beheld the earth, but could not distinguish the objects upon it, on account of the immense distance, I was horribly vexed at it, and ready to cry, when on a sudden Empedocles, the philosopher, stood behind me all over ashes, as black as coal, and dreadfully scorched. When I saw him I must own I was frightened, and took him for some demon of the moon. But he came up to me and cried out, Menippus, don't be afraid. I am no god. Why callst thou me divine? I am Empedocles, the naturalist. After I had leaped into the furnace, a vapor from Etna carried me up hither, and here I live in the moon and feed upon dew. I am come to free you from your present distress. You are very kind, said I, most noble Empedocles. And when I fly back to Greece, I shall not forget to pay my devotions to you in the tunnel of my chimney every new moon. Think not, replied he, that I do this for the sake of any reward I might expect for it. By Endymion, that is not the case. But I was really grieved to see you so uneasy. And now how shall we contrive to make you see clear? That, by Jove, said I, I cannot guess unless you can take off this mist from my eyes 
for they are horribly dim at present. You have brought them remedy along with you. How so? Have you not got an eagle's wing? True, but what has that to do with an eye? An eagle, you know, is more sharp-sighted than any other creature, and the only one that can look against the sun. Your true royal bird is known by never winking at the rays, be they ever so strong. So I have heard, and I am sorry I did not, before I came up, take out my own eyes and put in the eagles. Thus imperfect, to be sure, I am not royally furnished, but a kind of bastard bird. You may have one royal eye for all that, if you please. It is only when you rise up to fly, holding the vulture's wing still, and moving the eagles only, by which means you will see clearly with one, though not at all with the other. That will do, and is sufficient for me. I have often seen smiths and other artists look with one eye only to make their work the truer. This conversation ended, Empedocles vanished into smoke, and I saw no more of him. I acted as he advised me, and no sooner moved my eagle's wing than a great light came all around me, and I saw everything as clear as possible. Looking down to earth, I beheld distinctly cities and men, and everything that passed amongst them, not only what they did openly, but whatever was going on at home, and in their own houses, where they thought to conceal it. I saw Lysimachus betrayed by his son, Antiochus intriguing with his mother-in-law, Alexander the Thessalian slain by his wife, and Attalus poisoned by his son. In another place I saw Arsaces killing his wife, and the eunuch Arbaces drawing his sword upon Arsaces. Spartum the Mede dragged by the heels from the banquet by his guards, and knocked on the head with a cup. In the palaces of Scythia and Thrace the same wickedness was going forward, and nothing could I see but murderers, adulterers, conspirators, false swearers, men in perpetual terrors, and betrayed by their dearest friends and acquaintance. Such was the employment of kings and great men. In private houses there was something more ridiculous. There I saw Hermodorus, the Epicurean, forswearing himself for a thousand drachmas, Agathocles, the Stoic, quarreling with his disciples about the salary for tuition, Plinius the orator stealing a file out of the temple, not to mention a thousand others who were undermining walls, litigating in the forum, extorting money, or lending it upon usury, a sight upon the whole of wonderful variety. It must have been very entertaining. Let us have it all I desire. I had much ado to see. To relate it to you is impossible. It was like Homer's shield. On one side were feasting and nuptials, on the other haranguing and decrees. Here a sacrifice, and there a burial. The Gatti at war, the Scythians traveling in their caravans, the Egyptians tilling their fields, the Phoenicians merchandising, the Cilicians robbing and plundering, the Spartans.